from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Major League Baseball opening day is Thursday, Joe, March 30th. Which new rule are you most excited to see implemented this year in Major League Baseball? Uh, honestly, the, the pitch clock. We got a pitch clock. We got the shift mm-hmm. effectively banned. And we have larger bases. The, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to somebody about the larger bases the other day, and it's like, that's ridiculous. I mean, can you imagine the, it, 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 there's a golf tournament and they have larger holes on the greens? I was like, well, not exactly not the same, exactly the same but I, I kind of see what you're getting at. Uh, but it's to promote more steals. It's to promote promote more movement. More aggressive base running. And this is what... Also player safety. This is what baseball needs. It, it needs some things to jazz it up. Although... Um, is there a way for Major League Baseball to implement World Baseball Classic rules in which everybody has to show emotion? Can can we can we legislate that into the game? Do you know what baseball needs? Are we going to be happy with their marketing campaign? No. You're not? No. All right. Obviously, they're trying to appeal to me very specifically because they've hired Sebastian Maniscalco, mm-hmm. comedian, the uh, greater, you know, we think of in the greater tri-state area, right? Even from Chicago. He feels like a typical Italian from the from the New York area. Yeah. They've hired Brian Cranston, Walter White. I know. Here, here's Walter White getting me ready with the new with the new rules. A more aggressive base running? Yes. Run like Ricky? Yes. <laughs> this game is for you, the fan. You want the action to flow, the bat on the ball, and tearing on the base pass. This is the game we all want to see. Get the ball, pitch the ball. Keep the defense on their toes. Field like Ozzy, run like Ricky. So get that shift out of here. Free up the players. Shift. Oh, shift. shift. It's the best game in the world. Now it's even better. I'm ready, John. This? No, I'm ready. Okay. Field like Ozzy, run like Ricky? Huh? You're going to have to explain. doesn't have to make any sense. Just enjoy it. Nah, it's Walter White. You're also going to have to explain to me Sebastian Maniscalco. I know. I know. It, it, it might have to do with the fact I'm just not an, an Italian guy of a certain age. I know. It might be, have something to do with it. His promo is a little not as entertaining. I got excited when I saw Walter White. I'm not going to okay. lie to you. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe it was the music. Next up, it was very dramatic. One music. of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Daily Checkdown brought to you by Talk It Out. And see, want to mention that. Uh, and also want to pass along well wishes and support for Eric Montross, national champion, North Carolina, part of the Tar Heel Sports Radio Network. In a statement from the Montross family over the weekend through UNC, the family gave a health update on the 51 year old. He's going to be under the care of UNC Lineberger Cancer Center for treatment. They did not spe- specify the type of cancer, just that he was diagnosed with cancer. And this is from the whole family. We are all touched by the responses our family, our entire family has received since the news became public. And again, cancer sucks. I think I know everybody on this program in one shape or form has uh, been affected by this. I know Jillio with Jess, you guys have been very public about her cancer. Um, And it's, look, 
I think this. I think when you see news like this, your first thought is, "Oh no!" And you hope that they can handle this. They can take care of it. Uh, but it also is a reminder of early detection matters, man. And if there's one thing that is consistent when <laughs> when we talk about health concerns, specifically dudes tend to be very reluctant to get themselves checked out, even at the mirror, just, eh, it's just a little bit of this, eh, I'll get past it, it's no big deal, and you just kind of deal with it, and what you might not realize is that that early detection can yeah. literally save your life. Yeah, it's a terrible ticket to an unbelievable community. Because once you're inside the cancer community, you realize how many other people are going through the same thing that Eric Montross will be going through mm-hmm. for the treatment that he'll receive and the support that he'll have, especially at UNC, which, you know, that's where Jessica was treated for her breast cancer. And can't get any better uh, doctors or, or committed nurses and all of the health caregivers there. It's just it's a great community. Like I said, it's a terrible ticket. But once mm-hmm. you're there, you're like, wow, uh, you really are. Um, you're, you're moved by how people do care for you. So. Again, nothing but well wishes and support for the Montrose family. And a reminder to the audience, look, schedule a physical. If you have a family history, get yourself checked out for that. If you feel like things have not, if things don't seem right, I'll shout out my neighbor Rick, uh, who is dealing with colorectal cancer. It's also Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. If you have a family history, if things don't seem right, Get yourself checked out because it makes a huge difference in the long run. Next up. One, two, three. Lamar Jackson made it public today that he has requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens and did so as of March 2nd. Ravens quarterback, you'll remember, has been given a non-exclusive franchise tender, which is worth about $34 million to him this season if he wants to play for the Ravens. It just doesn't sound like this is going to happen, Joe. I think the Ravens have made it clear, as Jackson tweeted, that they don't value him and they don't want to put the same price on him that other teams have on the quarterback position. This leaves some teams, they have to have, in order to negotiate, you have to have your first-round pick from this year yeah. and next year with the Ravens. Does It does feel a lot like me to, to collusion, Joe, that no team has reached out to Lamar Jackson. It, it is. It is. It just feels like that to me. It is weird. And given I, what he's already done at the age of 26, yes, I understand that there are injury concerns, but you can't tell me that you think every quarterback, if you're, if you're, if you're drafting in the top 10 in particular this year, you can't tell me that you think all of those quarterbacks are better than Lamar Jackson. I, it, I, I do not believe you. It's, it is, it is strange. And for instance, like th- this, I find stranger yet the like Chris Mortensen, uh, NFL insider mm-hmm. for ESPN had tweeted out. I think it was like four hours ago. He tweets this out. If Lamar Jackson was truly on the trade market, he would generate more than two first round right. picks. Look at recent QB trades involving Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. He's only 26. He's box office. Perhaps his public actions today spurs real traction and creativity. A few teams, owners included, have discussed Jackson's case. One team was hesitant regarding the number of games and snaps and practices missed the last two to three years and money invested. Also wonder whether his sleep habits and nutrition contribute to his absences. Nobody speaks ill of his character, except that now you're actually speaking ill of his character, wondering about his sleep habits and nutrition. This is no different than what happened with Kyler Murray in Arizona, where somebody wanted the information of his contract leaked about his video game playing time. Right. No, that he needed to have 
a certain amount of hours of film of, time of, baked into the contract. Because yeah. they were convinced he was playing too many video games right. at that time. They were questioning his work ethic. That stuff gets leaked on purpose. Th- yeah, it doesn't say, do the job you think it's doing. I don't think they're leaking uh, Lamar's. They're, they're trying to qualify like, hey, this isn't a character issue. Because we don't think he has great nutrition. Right. But I bring this up is because somebody's telling an NFL insider sure. at ESPN that's going to get processed and put out there on social media that, hey... Just so you know, these are the things this that are is the reason. Now it's not collusion. Now, mind you, mind you, let I he brings up Deshaun Watson in the previous tweet. So what you're telling me is that a 26 year old quarterback who is an absolute game changer, who's been not as injured as Deshaun Watson, you're worried about his sleep patterns and his nutrition. But Deshaun Watson was highly pursued, and a team gave him a fully guaranteed contract with all of the legal troubles. Make that make sense to me. The only answer here is collusion. And yeah. the, the, when I say collusion, what I mean is the NFL owners are trying to make an example of Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland. They're saying he is the outlier. He is the one who made the mistake by giving Watson the contract that he did. Because now, and I heard Dan Patrick make this point, now, we don't want to give Joe Burrow this same contract. We don't want to give Justin Herbert this same contract. We don't want to reset the quarterback market. Well, I got bad news for the NFL owners. You're consistently and constantly going to have to reset the quarterback market. That is how the game works. That is how the position works. There is no way around this. And when I see people carrying water for the NFL about this, is it your money? I'm so confused. Yeah, it's very confusing. When I see NFL insiders tweeting about, well, so-and-so doesn't deserve the contract because he missed five games last year. Is it your? Is it coming out of your wallet? I'm very confused by this. Also, the, the truth of the matter is he has made the Ravens an annual, annually one of the best teams in the regular season. You want to knock him for his performance in the postseason, that's per, that's a perfectly fine point to make. But you can't, you cannot knock for what he's done and the way that he's changed yeah. the fortunes of that franchise. The MVP of the league. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. Carolina Hurricanes, Boston Bruins, Whalers night, and the Bruins got the best of the Canes in a shootout. Uh, The Canes are pretty much playing the same kind of game. It's drama, drama, drama. The same thing happened on Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, guys, I got two minutes for two games over two days this weekend that I believe, in at least in my head, has crystallized Carolina's playoff hopes for me. Saturday, Hurricanes, no good against the Maple Leafs. Won the game anyway. Why? The goaltender was amazing. Pesci, gapping up on his man, but Matthews out front. Mercy, Kochetkov. He caught that like he was playing catch in the backyard. No joke. The Hurricanes weren't any good, didn't deserve to beat the Maple Leafs, but because Pyotr Kachetkov was incredible, 41 saves, they did. 
Two points to Carolina, no points to Toronto. We'll see you later. Sunday, the Hurricanes weren't much better. They were slightly better, not that much, and actually had a chance to win the game in the third period, but couldn't get the extra goal. Freddie Anderson made some really good saves, like this one. Osternock being watched by Pesci. Center it for Bertuzzi, who got loose. Backhand chance, Anderson with a save. Another chance out front. Anderson! He robs Krejci to keep it tied at three! Highway robbery! But he also had some Charmany goals allowed. Nelson sends it far. Gaines on a quick shot, and he'll score! Lauko pulls up and beats Anderson to the far post, and it's a 3-1 Bruins lead. Canes losing a shootout. That's good. They get a point. They lead the Devils by three with a game in hand and 10 to play. New Jersey will play tonight on Long Island against the Islanders. But if the Hurricanes are going to have a long playoff run, it's going to be with Kachekov in net, not Anderson. The kid has a much higher end than Freddie. That is my determination right here on whatever date this is. Adam's completely lost track of what time it is, thanks to the Carolina Hurricanes and their schedule. Check out more in the Canes Corner podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com let's get to the top story of the day look at that another acc school in a final four that's five in the last five years uh which i was told the acc and all that joining us on the heaster automotive group hotline is the head coach of pit basketball back in the ncaa tournament jeff capel welcome thanks for the time man how are you what's up fellas how you guys doing? I, I want to go back to Tuesday, uh, March fourteenth, in the in the first four. I think at the end of it, uh, you had you had told the sideline reporter, "Man, I missed this." Like I could tell the giddiness of just being in the tournament, uh, and it was coming through. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I hadn't experienced that as a head coach since two thousand and nine. I certainly during my time at Duke, um, we were there every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the first four years of Pitt had been pretty rough. And so to be able to be back in that moment, um, you know, to be in that environment, to feel that energy was really, really cool and something that I certainly didn't take for granted. Jeff Capel, Pitt basketball coach, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Elvius. I'm Joe Giglio. Uh, and, Jeff, what was it about this year's group you go into the portal, you get some really good players, but it's just not that easy to go and get guys. They have to want to play together and come together. How were you kind of able to do that on the fly this year to win 24 games, two in the NCAA tournament, 
and, and be rewarded as the ACC Coach of the Year for that as well? Well, well, I think the main thing is that I thought we had a solid group of guys coming back. When we went into the portal, we were able to, to get three guys in Nellie Cummings, Greg Elliott, and Blake Henson that all had something to prove, that all were kind of over themselves. They really understood who they were um, you know, as players and understood how they fit into what it is we needed from them. And when you add those three guys, we were able to get Federico, Federico from junior college, the Diaz-Graham twins, um, and then when you add a guy like Jamarius Burden coming back, Mikey Sabande coming off of injury, it was just a really good mix. Right away, they were able to mesh. It happened organically. You could see the genuine love that they had for each other, how much they cared about each other. And it just fit, and it was really, really fun to watch. Is it hard to figure out? You, you, you had a tough team. You had a tough team. You had tough guards. Uh, is it hard to identify those players, or do you, is it like a little bit like uh, the adult film industry? You know it <laughs> when you see it. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You know, um, <laughs> but that was a Supreme know, Court ruling, had, Coach. That was a Supreme yeah, Court. Yeah, no, ruling. that was that was pretty good right there. That was interesting. <laughs> No, but your guys are really tough, and I don't you know, know if you can just go into a gym and know which ones are going to be able to handle themselves the way that your group did, or is that something that you have to talk to them and, and learn a little bit more about them? Well, that's something we tried to identify when we went to the portal. Certainly we knew that about Nelly Cummings. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that's from Pittsburgh, so we knew a lot about him. I knew a lot about Greg Elliott because he played for Wojo, and so I was able to get some really accurate information we knew a lot about Blake Henson. We had had Jamarius, so we knew him. We had Mikey, so we knew him. And so, like, we knew that those group of guys, they had toughness within them from things they had been through in their lives, for things they had been through in their basketball careers, coming off of, coming off of injuries or things like that. And so we knew that there was an element of toughness that was there that if, you know, look, when you go through a season, there's always different types of adversity we felt like that those guys would be able to push through, help each other, and persevere through it. Jeff Capel, Pitt men's basketball coach, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius, your ACC Coach of the Year. So uh, you, you've been outspoken about this uh, in regards to the narrative around the ACC. And then we get over the weekend that Commissioner Jim Phillips wants to have a conversation with coaches about how that changes I guess we can start from the jump. Where do you think this is coming from? Because it can't just be that, hey, there's some there's some teams at the bottom of the league that are um, that are historically not very good, but it almost shouldn't take away from what we see at the top of the league or what you're doing or what Miami was able to do this year. So where do you think that's kind of based on? Yeah, you know, to be completely honest, number one, I don't understand all the metrics. So mm -hmm. I don't get everything that goes into the net and how they figure all these things out. You're not alone um, with that. I think every, every one of your colleagues yeah. is in the same boat. No, it's, it is like, there's a lot of confusion there. There are things, you know, before some of these games, I talked to some of the TV people that do our games and even some of the things I heard from them. Like I know that uh, the, the, the score of the game, is not supposed to matter, but it does. Yeah. Like, we got killed by Duke in the ACC tournament, 
and we dropped like however many points. And so in some cases, does that mean that you should keep your guys in and you're up? Like I look at us, we beat Northwestern by 29 points. It was a heck of a win against a really good team. And it was a road win. You know, fellas, we were up 30 with about six minutes to go. Chris is one of my best friends, Chris Collins. Like, we took the air out of the ball. We didn't play guys, you know, my starters, the last five minutes of the game. In hindsight, should we have left them in? Should we have tried them one by 40? Um, And so there are a lot of things that go into that. So I think that's part of it. Number two, I think the fact that this was not a traditional year for Duke in North Carolina, I certainly think that plays into it. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone sent me, we we, we have a group chat with ACC coaches and – one of the coaches sent this morning, you know, some texts, or I'm sorry, some tweets by Joe Lenardi. Hmm. And I'm reading them, and I just responded to it. I'm like, you know, this seems personal. You know, some of the things that he was talking about, like he's comparing, like, player of the years. Look at the last three player of the years. I think that's total BS. Yeah. First of all, why even bring players into it? Like, why? Like, like what does that have to do with any metric, the fact that Alondis Williams – you know, he mentioned something about Isaiah Wong. Isaiah say, Wong what's wrong with Isaiah There's Wong? There's nothing wrong with Isaiah Wong, man. Jeez. Isaiah Wong is a heck of a player. Yeah, yes. He helped lead his team to a Final Four. But anyway, even so, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Right. Right? Like, that. I just thought that was really unfair. That's like taking a shot at the players, like comparing who the past three players of the year were to the league being down. Like, that makes absolutely no sense. But I do think – that's part of it. And that just becomes the narrative. It's easy to say it. You know, not a lot of people like all year I was saying, okay, everyone talks about the big 10. If I'm not mistaken, we beat them pretty convincingly in the ACC big 10 challenge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just think, and, and so, and so I think that was part of it. Duke and Carolina, especially early weren't what everyone thought they maybe were going to be. Um, Syracuse, you know, hasn't been what, you know, nationally, the national brand. Obviously, Louisville was down. Florida State had a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, you know, they had their situation with, you know, Coach Bray. So I think that had something to do with it. But it really makes no sense when you really think about it. Jeff Cable. do some homework, some actual homework to it. Jeff Cable joining us, Pitt men's basketball coach on the OG alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Obvious. Back in January when you were at Cameron Order Stadium, I, I probably didn't uh, articulate my question well enough, but I appreciate you answering it the way that you did in terms of the conversation around the ACC. But I do feel like in talking with coaches this year, if you recognize that the off-seasons are different, and, and we just highlighted what you have to go through now in a typical off-season in this era versus how it was when you were a head coach at Oklahoma, right? That you're yeah. you're taking pieces from the transfer portal. You've got your recruits coming in. You might ask somebody to step up into a different role. I feel like the timetables have to shift. Usually it's, all right, you start playing that basketball in January. I feel like in January you're still not that same squad. I mean, we watched Duke closely yeah. all year because obviously it's in our backyard. That Duke team that went to PNC Arena and lost to NC State versus the Duke team that won the ACC championship, and you've seen, were two completely different teams. So if if you recognize it, players off, they recognize it. How, when do you think, you know, I say we as the media, we have to change our conversation about this too, right? Yeah, no, I think I think all of that, I think that's a huge point. I mean, a lot of these teams are new. You know, they're, they're new pieces. You're trying to figure out how the pieces fit. And so you say, you know, like one of the things I heard about us 
was that, you know, as we were getting towards the end and trying to figure out are we in the tournament or are we not in the tournament, I know I kept getting that question by the local media up in Pittsburgh. And it was just, yeah, I think we're in. But then I started hearing, well, all of your good wins were early, <laughs> like Northwestern. NC hey, State, FDU. You know, all of that. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yes. <laughs> all of these wins were early, like, you know, Carolina before the new year, Virginia, early January. No one's paying attention to college basketball. But then on the other hand, they're talking about, well, West Virginia beats you pretty good and Michigan beats you pretty good. Well, hell, that was the second and third game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so if, it, if, if these wins don't count or don't mean as much as they happened earlier, why, do, why are the losses weighed differently? I just think they kept moving the goalposts. When I say they, the media, when it, when it came to the ACC, and I think it's because this narrative that's out there about it, if you look at our teams historically when they get to the tournament, we perform well. The ACC performs well. In the last three years, in the last two years, this year and last year, three of the eight teams that have made the Final Four are from the ACC. You know, and so it's, it's, it's all of these things. But I do think what you said about with teams being so new, you're having to figure everything out. In our league, we had a lot of turnover with coaching. You know, obviously John at Duke, you got Kenny Payne that was new. You know, Hubert's in his second year with a completely different group now having to deal with success. How do you deal with that? I mean, all kind of different things like that. And so it's tough. It makes the jobs a lot harder. I can't stand it when people say the transfer portal and NIL are like the end of college basketball. I, I, I mean, it's just the it's changed. And the success that you had, the success that Miami had, the success that NC State had getting players out of the portal, it shows the good side of it, right? Like, why do we act like it's the end of college basketball? Because it's the way, because it's not the way it's always been done? Yep, because it's different. That's exactly it. I mean, you think about it when, when in, in 95, when Kevin Garnett decided to go to the NBA, and that opened it back up the next year. You had Kobe and Jermaine O'Neal, and then you started having that. Then it became, oh, that's going to ruin college basketball. Then when they put where you had to go to school, now the one-and-done stuff is going to ruin college basketball. College basketball is always going to be fine because we have the greatest tournament uh, that there is in sports, the excitement that's generated with that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure there's a narrative out there now that this Final Four, because you don't have any blue buds, you don't have any number one seeds and anything like that, I think this tournament has been as exciting as any tournament in the history yeah. that I've been watching you know, this NCAA tournament. And what an unbelievable story with Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, and then UConn has been pretty dominant all year except for that stretch where they had. But you look at that story. You look at you know, the, the Fairleigh Dickinson. You look at what they did. I mean, it's, it's been an unbelievable year. There's so much more parity because teams are older. You also have this COVID year where now you get some really old dudes um, because everyone had an extra year. I mean, you look at Baycott. I mean, he's going back to college. I mean, this is, what, his fifth year? Yeah. I know they used to talk about, like, guys like Perry Ellis and maybe even me. Like, these guys are in college forever. What are they going to think about Baycott? And, you know, these guys that are in their fifth and sixth years. <laughs> Jeff Cable, ACC Coach of the Year, Pitt Men's Basketball. We appreciate the time. As always, we appreciate your uh, candidness. Do you, even, do you even get time now with the transfer portal and everything else? What do you get the break? Yo, it's crazy, man. It, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So we lost last Sunday to Xavier. And, you know, it's interesting, man, because, like, when you're in it, you just keep going to the next thing. You win or, or you lose, but you know you have something, so you're looking for something else. 
when I got back to the hotel and kind of just laid down for a little bit, that's when it hit me how tired I am. Mm. And we flew back that night. And then the next morning, like I'm off social media, I'm not really on anything. I jumped on there on Monday just to kind of see what was going on, just in the world, not just college basketball. And I'm looking, man, and I'm seeing, like, these kids are doing official visits or unofficial visits. These schools are going to do home visits. And it's like, my goodness, like, it's overwhelming. Like, I'm so tired. I don't (laughs) feel like doing anything, but you kind of don't get a break anymore because you got to get right back into it, figuring out who on your team is staying, who's going to leave, you know, trying to figure that out as quickly as you possibly can, and then – trying to figure out who you can get jeff capel wow and yeah it's crazy now it is crazy jeff we appreciate it as always yeah. enjoy some of a break and yeah. then we'll uh we'll, we'll we'll see you next season okay appreciate you guys it's the og alongside joe Gilio. i'm joe obvious if you missed any of that conversation with jeff capel pit men's basketball coach uh check it out on the best of the og the, podcast the key to success there and is what he said one of the first things he said the players that they added the older players they added were over themselves yeah that's a hard like we that, ju- and we that's not ju- easy. We kind of joked about finding toughness, and that is t- that's that's difficult to identify as well. By mm-hmm. the way, but g- getting a group that knows, okay, this is where I am. This uh, Nelly Cummings. This is where I am at the stage of my career. Jarkel Joiner. This is where I am at my stage of my career. That's not easy to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.